0: Hi, I'm Scott Hervey from Weintraub Tobin.
1: And I'm Josh Escovito from Weintraub Tobin. Welcome to another installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. There seems to be a new trend to celebrities getting sued for copyright infringement for posting a photo of themselves. A photo the celebrity did not take on social media.
0: That's right, Josh. Over the past two years, Justin Bieber, Emily Ratajkowski, Katy Perry, Gigi Hadid, Khloe Kardashian, LeBron James, Deshaun Watson, just to name a few, have found themselves being named in uh, copyright infringement lawsuits. And all of these suits arise out of them posting a photo of them that was taken by either a paparazzi or some other uh, professional photographer.
1: With the proliferation of social media and the ready access to images on the internet on any number of platforms, it's easy to imagine how this can happen. However, it's important to remember that just because an image is posted on the internet or some other social platform, such as Instagram, Facebook, or wherever else, you can't just copy it and post it as your own. In most cases, the photographer owns the copyright.
0: And it might seem unfair to these celebrities, who are relentlessly hounded by paparazzis who make money off of selling the photos they take, to be denied the opportunity to post a photo that they like taken by one of these paparazzis. But simply being featured in a photo does not give someone the right to use that photo as they see fit. So what's happening with these cases? Well, as you could probably imagine, the majority of these cases settle. However, a few celebrities have decided to fight back and the defenses they're raising are notable. So in 2019, Emily Ratajkowski was sued over one of her Instagram stories featuring a photo of her that was taken by a paparazzi. The photo showed her holding a, a vase of flowers covering her face while she was walking in New York City. In October of last year, she filed a motion for summary judgment. Uh, in addition to attacking the plaintiff and the plaintiff's counsel, a lawyer named Richard Lebowitz, who's a New York attorney who's been labeled as a copyright troll by federal judges, uh, Radikowski claimed that uh, that uh, Lebowitz and the plaintiff brought the case in bad faith attempting to turn a critical internet post that was available for only 24 hours into an unsubstantiated payday. Uh, She raises also a potential viable defense, fair use. Uh, Ms. Radikowski modified the image by adding the caption, mood forever superimposed over the photo. And she urged in her pleading that the Instagram story post is transformative. Uh, She argued that it created new meaning and purpose by adding the caption, commenting on her experience with constant paparazzi attention. And also to note that the use was non-commercial as she did not make a profit for the post in, in any way.
1: What are your thoughts on this defense, Scott? It seems like it could be a bit of a
0: stretch. Maybe, maybe not. I'm reminded of Richard Prince's win in the Second Circuit uh, on the infringement lawsuit brought by photographer Patrick Carew This was based on Prince's use of images from Karyu's photography book on Rastafarians called Yes Rasta. Uh, Prince used these uh, photographs in his art installation called Canal Zone, in which print, uh, Prince uh, made, he basically appropriated Karyu's images, modified them by creating collages, and then also superimposing items on top of them like guitars and scarfs and whatnot. Um, the Second Circuit found Prince's artwork to be transformative. Uh, the Second Circuit said that um, while Kerryu's serene and deliberately composed portraits and landscape photographs depict the natural beauty of Rastafarians and their surrounding in, environment, uh, the Second Circuit found Prince's artwork to be crude and jarring works, which are hectic and provocative. So. You know, we'll see. Prince won there. Uh, The modifications that he made to carry work were maybe slightly more than the modifications here, Uh, but I think the argument that uh, Rakowski's counsel makes about um, her commentary on uh, their social environment and being constantly surrounded by paparazzis yet maintaining a good, positive mood may win the day. We'll see.
1: What about King James, who I understand is given the full court press to photographer Stephen Mitchell, who is suing him over his posting on Facebook of an image showing James dunking in the game against his former team, the Miami Heat, on
0: December 13th? That's correct. LeBron James, who was sued for copyright infringement uh, for posting that um, posting that image on his Facebook page, uh and by the way the the same lawyer uh who's representing the photographer here was the lawyer who represented the paparazzi in the uh, Radakowski case um, james recently filed a countersuit against the photographer alleging that the photographer violated his right of publicity uh, you know it's just a celebrity's right to control the commercial use of their name image and likeness in his suit, LeBron James claims that he never licensed or otherwise permitted the use of his image or likeness for any purpose to the plaintiff and that the plaintiff has exploited LeBron James's image and likeness to promote the plaintiff's photography services. Uh, the case was recently transferred to a California federal court where it's currently pending.
1: James's claim highlights the tension that sometimes occurs between an individual's right of publicity, a right that's provided by state law, and the First Amendment's protected free speech. But does James really have a case? Professional photographers and paparazzi primarily license their photographs to news outlets. It seems to me that this type of protected
0: speech, news, would win every time. You raise a good point there, Josh. But LeBron's complaint focuses on the fact that the photographer is using the photograph on his own website to promote his own photo services. Let's run through the factors California courts use generally when analyzing this conflict, and let's see where James's claim would come out. So in California, the test used to evaluate an affirmative defense to a right of publicity claim is to look at the transformative use of the new work. This test was formulated by the California Supreme Court in Comedy Three Productions versus Gary Satterup. Comedy Three involved a charcoal sketch work by artist Gary Satterup of the Three Stooges that was reproduced on lithographs and t-shirts. This test is the balancing of the defendant's First Amendment right and the plaintiff's right of publicity. The Supreme Court explained that where work contains significant transformative elements, it's not only especially worthy of First Amendment protection, but it is also less likely to interfere with the economic interest protected by the right of publicity. In upholding the plaintiff's right of publicity claim in Comedy Three, the California Supreme Court found that the work in question, the charcoal sketch, contained no significant transformative or creative contributions, and that the artist's skill is manifestly subordinated to the overall goal of creating literal, convenient depictions of the Three Stooges so as to exploit their fame.
1: I remember that case. And wasn't there a recent Ninth Circuit case that cited
0: Comedy 3? That's right, Josh. That's Keller versus Electronic Arts. Um, and in analyzing the decision in Comedy 3, the Ninth Circuit explains that Comedy 3 really provides at least five factors to consider in determining whether a work is significantly transformative to obtain First Amendment protection. So these are the five factors of the transformative use test. And those are. One, is the celebrity's likeness one of the raw materials from which an original work is synthesized, or is the depiction of the celebrity the very sum and substance of the work? Two, is the work primarily the defendant's own expression or merely an expression of the likeness of the celebrity? This factor is uh, determined by looking at whether a purchaser of the work is motivated to buy a reproduction of the celebrity or to buy the expressive work of the defendant. The third factor is which element predominates the work. Is it the literal and imitative reflection of the celebrity or is it the the defendant's creative elements? The fourth factor, uh, which is really looked at in close cases, we look at the economic value of the work and whether or not that's derived primarily from the fame of the celebrity depicted, or is it because of the defendant's creative endeavors? And lastly, the fifth factor, is the defendant's skill and talent manifestly subordinated to the overall goal of creating a convenient portrait of a celebrity so as to commercially exploit his or her fame? Now, lay on top of this, um, the California Court of Appeals decision in No Doubt versus Activision Publishing, which was followed by the Ninth Circuit in Keller versus Electronic Arts. This case addresses a claim by the members of the band No Doubt um, that the use of certain look-alike avatars in the video game Band Hero, a game which, as you know, uh, simulates performing in a rock band, violated their right of publicity. Uh, In that case, the court held that No Doubts' right of publicity claim prevailed over Activision's First Amendment defense. The court concluded that the video game was not transformative under the holding of Comedy 3. Specifically, the court reasoned that the video game's characters were literal recreations of the band members doing the same activity by which the band members achieve and maintain fame. The fact that the avatars appear in the context of a video game that contains many other creative elements does not transform the avatars into anything other than exact duplications of no doubts band members doing exactly what they do as celebrities so taking this all into account like by no means is it a slam dunk for james or for marshall I can
1: see that in running through the five factors of the transformative use test. First, I see that the depiction of LeBron is the very sum and substance of the work.
0: That's right, Josh. I mean, the the second and third factors might not be so clearly in his favor. Right. Those they ask. Is the work primarily the defendant's own expression or merely an expression of the likeness of the celebrity? And does the literal and imitative reflection of the celebrity dominate the work? Or is the defendant or is it the, defend, the defendant's creative elements that dominate the work? Uh, here, this image captures a moment in time that is noteworthy, right? A massive dunk by LeBron on his former team it's not just a generic picture of LeBron. So we, we can't really say that it's you know, merely an expression of the likeness of the celebrity, and it's a literal and imitative reflection of the celebrity. It's really the, 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 the ability of the photographer to capture the moment in time, I think, that, that um, is the key element of that photograph.
1: I can see that, and as for the fourth and fifth factors, building on what you just said, I can see how the economic value of the image is derived from what it captures, and not just LeBron's fame. This isn't just a conventional portrait of LeBron by any means.
0: Right, but you know, taking into account what the California Court of Appeals said, and no doubt, right this this image um, really just captures LeBron doing exactly what LeBron does as a professional basketball player, Uh, right? It's the literal recreation of LeBron performing the exact same activity by which he achieved and maintained his fame. Massive dunks. So, you know, who knows really how this will play out if LeBron's team continues to push their countersuit.
1: Thanks for sharing, Scott.
0: Thanks, Josh. Thanks for listening. I hope
1: you enjoyed this installment of the briefing by the IP Law Blog. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, visit our YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe to that as well. And check out our website at theiplawblog.com. Thanks.